Greetings and welcome to Dr. Joel's Power Parent Podcast. In this episode, co-host Mia Facillo and I talk about the stigma connected to mental health treatment. Uh, we get into the therapy experience and why do people go to therapy in the first place? Um, the keys to having a good therapy experience and certainly the range of ways it can be helpful to people. Be sure to tune in. This is actually part one of two um, episodes on this topic. Next week, we're going to get into the topic of college mental health and what it's like for kids to transition into college and continue to prioritize their mental health and how important that is and how to continue tackling that stigma. So stay tuned and enjoy. Hey, all Dr. Joel here. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Dr. Joel's Power Parents. And I'm with my co-host Mia. Mia, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. So we're yeah. still uh, doing this remotely, right? Yep. What is this, like week seven of this thing, quarantine thing? I think so, week seven. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so um, Mia, you you uh, had introduced uh, the idea of um, this topic today where we want to talk about um, mental health and uh, stigma associated with, you know, therapy and, and what that's about and, and dig into that a little bit. Um, and I think that it's great that you that you want to do that and uh, have initiated that. And, um, you know, it's pretty timely, actually. It's my understanding that, you know, uh, talking to some colleagues that there have been some unfortunate um, losses uh, to some of our adolescents in New Jersey, not due to coronavirus, but uh, to suicide and to an uh, overdose. And we know that it's a very, very um, touchy subject, um, but it's also a very, you know, important one. So, you know, I think it's great that you, uh, that you want to bring it up as a topic. Yeah, um, I'm really looking forward to this podcast. I think it is um, a touchy subject for sure, but I think that the more we talk about it um, and the more that we educate ourselves, um, hopefully the stigma can become less and less. So, Yeah, there's a lot of work being done in that area and uh, to destigmatize it. And what's been really cool is that we're now seeing you know, athletes and musicians come out and acknowledge their own challenges with mental health and also acknowledging their participation in therapy. Right. Um, I remember uh, a couple of years ago, we took uh, our daughter to see uh, Imagine Dragons at um, Madison Square Garden. Yes, I went and I, and I am a fan. <laughs> And what I thought was really cool was the lead singer, and I forget his name, but, um, you know, in front of 18,000 people, you know, he acknowledged um, that he struggles with depression and that he goes to therapy and he really encouraged people to prioritize that in their in their lives. And this was shortly after some very high profile uh, suicides that were, you know, in the media. I think it was right after the Anthony Bourdain. Uh, suicide, uh, as well as Kate Spade. Uh, so um, good to see people doing that, but not enough is, is happening. So you know, I'm curious as a, as a high school student, like what a, 
what do you what's in your head what questions do you have about it um I think that I want to start off by just going over um you know what exactly is mental health because I think that um today when people kind of talk talk um out about this topic they kind of correlate it with um usually negativity but I don't think that's the case in reality I think that um mental health in reality is a spectrum so I just wanted to get your take on it um just an overall definition I guess of what it is yeah and and it's a it's a great question you know um it it, I think that that what is mental health is is really kind of a um a it's a range of things, really. Uh, it, 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 I think traditionally it used to suggest that um, it's solely therapy, for example, and that you have to go to a, a psychologist or a licensed therapist or a psychiatrist's office. But, you know, what we know about mental health is that it's so much more than that now. I mean, now we're learning about the relationship between a healthy gut and mental health where we've learned about the relationship between sleep and exercise and meditation and uh, lots of different um, uh, activities and um, lifestyle choices that really influence it and, and help with a variety of mental health challenges. Um, so it's it sort of become this umbrella term that a lot of um, those things fall under. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that, um, well, there's clearly a stigma around mental health. So I also wanted to get your opinion on why you think that there's a stigma around it and sort of what we can do um, for ourselves, but also for others around us to um, hopefully make that stigma go away. Yeah, I think that, you know, in the past, um, and it's something that the mental health field is, is challenged to shake, this perspective of, well, you have to be crazy to go see somebody um, or, you know, or, or if I go to see a therapist, they're going to think I'm nuts, um, which is the furthest thing from the truth. I mean, that doesn't happen um, really. Um, and, or the way that it's been portrayed in the media over the years in movies and TV shows and, and things like that, where, um, it's generated this perception and labeling of what it is to go and and who goes and why they go. Uh, So that often leads to uh, the stigma uh, of it. And also that, well, I can't let anybody find out that I go. Um, So uh, because they're going to think this, so there's a, there's a lot of anxiety that's generated 
of people finding out if I go to therapy, for example, well, what are they going to think of me? Are they going to think I'm crazy? Um, and, you know, I guess going back to your first question, you know, mental health about mental health, it's like going to, it, it's a, going to therapy is a gesture of self-care. Right. And we are working tirelessly in our field to challenge that stigma. I mean, honestly, like one thing that I really hope to do in my sort of small way is to um, make it cool. Yeah, definitely. Make it like I want it to be a cool thing that people do. That's awesome. And um, and whether it's a student or a young kid or, you know, an adult, it, it, you know, it, it doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's as cool as having like, I don't know, a personal trainer or a coach or a mentor. Um, I, I want it to be on that level. Yeah, that's super cool. I think that um, for um, a high school campus, at least, I think that um, some of that stigma, like you were saying, does come from anxiety. I think that when people talk um, about mental health and they talk about going to therapy, um, you know, it's like, oh, no, now I have all this attention on me or people are going to think that something's wrong. You know, I don't want to appear as weak when in reality, I think that taking that step, if anything, it's a sign of strength to really, like you said, it's an act of self-care. Yeah, that's a great point. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear you uh, observe that, uh, especially that strength part, because uh, and I agree with you, too, that a lot of people struggle with that. And then, you know, it's odd that often happens is when someone finally acknowledges it to a friend or two, uh, chances are, um, especially like in high school, that another person in that group is going to be like, oh, yeah, I go. Or, oh, you go, too? Who do you see? Um, that happens all the time. Yeah. And in a way, I think that's very comforting because it, a lot of people, well, going back to the stigma too, like a lot of people don't go because they think they're the only ones going mm -hmm. and, or, oh, I'm the only one that goes through this. And when we look at, you know, statistics of, you know, the incidence of rates of anxiety, for example, I mean, it is, it's it's astronomical. Everybody experiences anxiety. Yeah. Those that reach out though, uh, and, and actually take the steps and go, it's really what smart, successful people do. Mm -hmm. You know, <clears throat> people who are, <clears throat> excuse me, who have uh, reached levels of success and fulfillment in their lives. Um, surround themselves with people with professionals who are there to make them the best version of themselves right definitely and more often than not there is a psychologist therapist coach in the mix there yeah yeah i think that's a, a really good point um sometimes it is hard to speak out and and make yourself vulnerable like that but at the same time when you do speak out um, oftentimes you do find a sense of community with others who are experiencing the same thing. A absolutely. Yeah. And um, I see it a lot. I see it shift a lot in terms of conversation 
uh, from when kids are in high school, when they tra- when they transition to college. And next week, we can certainly get more into the um, mental health, college mental health um, discussion. But when you're around your peers more often than you are when you're in high school and you're living amongst them, those conversations may happen a bit more frequently. Right. Yeah. And, you know, the, the you know, now I'm kind of thinking of all these sort of st- stigma related uh, challenges. Um, th- one of the things that perpetuates the stigma, me is that there are some words that people are very, very uncomfortable with. Um, and, and probably, you know, certainly depression, uh, suicide, though. Yeah, definitely. It, and so people aren't talking about it and they need to so so the avoidance of discussing it is um is often perpetuates that stigma because people are 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 uncomfortable with that term Mm -hmm. you know they'll use other terms and other terms that are pretty scary too like cancer um or coronavirus right Uh, but suicide because it generates such anxiety, um, it's it's a word that many parents, you know, obviously don't want to hear from their child. Um, so what happens sometimes is that if a child is experiencing depressive thoughts or you know has thoughts of suicide, and they don't think their parents can handle it they might not talk about it right or the other the other thing that happens too is that um if i talk about it i'm gonna have to go to the hospital Mm -hmm. and that is not altogether true sometimes that happens but there are criteria that lead to that decision yeah yeah, that makes sense. Um, relating back to our first podcast, I remember we were talking about um, one of the worst things you can do is bottle up your emotions. And I think that when there is a stigma um, around mental health and, and those words like suicide and depression, I think that just fuels um, exactly that, just bottling things up. And I think that is one of the worst things you can do. Absolutely. You know, and I think if I if I didn't mention it in that um, podcast, you know, the idea is that like if, if you have like a, a gallon, you know, container um, and then next to it, you have like an eight ounce cup and that gallon container is filled with water and you try to fit all that water in that eight ounce cup. Eventually, it's going to spill mm-hmm. over, going to find a place to go. Water always finds a place to go. Well, the same thing happens with things like anxiety and depression and the thoughts and feelings and behaviors that are associated with that. And if we bottle them up, we, first, we don't like it. And they're going to find a place to go. For some people, they find a place to go physically, right? So they might experience tension or racing heart or fatigue or um, restlessness, um, lack of motivation. Um, They might experience sadness. They might experience, you know, other kinds of pain. 
Um, and, and because we don't like those feelings when they get to be too much, we got to do something with them. Yeah. And one of the best ways to cope is to talk about them. Definitely. Talk about the feelings, talk about the thoughts. And what better way to do that than in a confidential setting, one-on-one with a person who's not a parent, who's not a friend, who's an objective, non-judgmental person. Yeah, definitely. You know, a lot. I think that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, people often ask that question, like, or or worry about like, well, what's, what's this therapist going to think of Mm -hmm. it? Trust me when I tell you that experienced therapists, there's not much they haven't heard. Yeah. And the real good ones out there, they don't, they don't judge. They're, they're, they're not there to judge. You know, you know, uh, you know, I tell people all the time, like, listen, if I wanted to be a judge, I would have gone to law school and become a lawyer and ultimately a judge. Um, that's, that's not what we do, but it's a fear that keeps people from going. Yeah, definitely. I think that's good to know for, um, for everybody listening and, and beyond that in reality therapists, you know, they're there to listen and to help and not to judge. Absolutely. And, and, you know, one of the things I encourage every high school kid to do before they go to college is to go once, just one time, just to experience what it's like to connect with someone so that if they need it when they go to college, it won't be this strange, foreign experience for them. Mm -hmm. I think um, relating back to um, bottling things up as opposed to seeking out um, a therapist maybe is um, the the notion that I think some people have um, when their feelings and emotions aren't validated. I think that because there's a stigma around it, sometimes it's easy to think, oh, you know, maybe my emotions aren't as, you know, serious or dangerous as I think. I think that there's a problem how some people have the idea where, you know, if you're feeling this way, why don't you just snap out of it? I think that's that's an issue today. I think people have the wrong idea that, you know, um, bad feelings that you may be experiencing that they're a choice or there's something that you can change on your own. I think that's part of the stigma. Definitely. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think that that message, that snap out of it message, it gets, you know, um, sort of, uh, ingrained in our heads from young childhood on. Mm-hmm. You know, if, 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 if someone, if a parent says like, Hey, snap out of it or Hey, don't cry or stop crying to a young child, that sends a message of you got to hold on and bottle up those very powerful feelings right Definitely. now. 
and, and expressing them is the wrong thing to do. That is the worst message that parents can send to their kid. Yeah. Um, because especially for a young child whose brains have not evolved on a level to think through their experiences as the adult is. Yeah, definitely. I think that when you have that impression that you should just snap out of it or not express how you really feel, it's just fuel for bottling things up and it kind of creates fear and anxiety for when you want to speak out, but you don't think that, you know, other people will necessarily validate your feelings. Exactly. And, and that's why, you know, therapy is such a great place and context to do that. Yeah, definitely. You know, because what it does is it, it, it provides you with that space, that context to take care of that stuff so that when you're in school or when you're with friends or, you know, when you're uh, participating in sports or other activities that you're you learn by by participating in therapy, how to manage those feelings in those other situations mm-hmm. so that you can actually. Enjoy yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. You know, and, and make no mistake about it, though, Mia, like, I mean, um, it ain't easy. Like, <laughs> therapy's not easy work. Yeah. And, and what happens sometimes is that when people come in, especially for the first time, uh, and they start to talk about things that they may never have before, and then they leave, that's very uncomfortable. It's supposed yeah. to be. Right. So there's a there's a normalcy with that and 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 a tolerance for that discomfort. That's part of Mm -hmm. it. Um, And also. It it doesn't get fixed. Once a person leaves a therapy session. Right. Right. So the therapist doesn't have all the answers. They don't necessarily tell people how to live their lives. Mm -hmm. Um, that's not where the power lies, really. Um, the power lies when a person leaves a therapy appointment and applies what they've been talking about outside of the therapy office in their normal everyday lives. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, you know, therapy, you know, instead of it being viewed as a cure in a sense, more of um, an outlet for people to be able to be vulnerable and express the thoughts and emotions that they may never experienced or expressed before. And then, you know, talking out about those to, you know, get help, but also maybe change their mindset. So those emotions become, you know, less and less hurtful. Exactly. You know, uh, you know, one of the uh, biggest risks that I've seen um people make after leaving a session is them you know coming in with some reservation understandably and then leaving and saying well that doesn't it didn't work Mm -hmm. and uh, well no (laughs) Uh, it's a process and I think that that's very important to uh, to understand going into the experience uh, that there's really no immediate quick fix we're not, you know, people aren't cars. Um, you know, you're not sending it off 
a person off to a mechanic and they tighten a couple of bolts and send you on your way. Um, it's a little bit more complex right. than that. And very, very important too, because a lot of people will ask me, well, how long is it going to take? Impossible for me to answer. Um, you know, everybody experiences anxiety differently. You do, I do, we all do. And everybody's um, pace of progress is different. Um, and, and that's a really important concept as Definitely. well. Um, the other important concept to consider too is that you feel a sense of, you used the word earlier, vulnerability, which is really crucial. And it's also really crucial to the progress that one makes in therapy and allowing oneself to be vulnerable is often dependent on the match between themselves and their therapist. Right. So that there's a degree of trust, there's a degree of comfort that evolves in that relationship where a person feels freed up to discuss things that are difficult. And to feel like there's a connection between you and that therapist is, is crucial. Yeah, totally. Um that's an interesting point. So let's say a person does um, try therapy for the first time and they don't necessarily create that bond with their therapist and they get kind of, um, you know, turned off in that. They get kind of disappointed and unmotivated. What would you say to that person? So I, I personally, I invite that person to think about and, and consider our first um, appointment and, and our first experience spending time together, what that was like for them. Do they feel like our personalities kind of click and that we can work together? And if not, that's okay too. And then I'm happy to help them find someone um, who might fit better based on what they're looking for. So point being like, it's important for a client to be a good consumer. Right. Uh, and if one person doesn't work out, oftentimes what happens to me is like, well, that's it. I'm not going back. I'm not going to go see mm -hmm. anybody else. And they overgeneralize that one not so good experience, but it may not have been a good experience for a couple of different reasons. For example, there are some people who would prefer to work with a, a uh, therapist who's a woman, then work with a man. So there might be a gender preference. That's okay. Uh, it's really um, important, though, to be that, that good consumer. Like any other doctor, you're going to want to work with someone who you're comfortable Definitely. with. Same idea. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about, you know, what exactly is therapy and how therapists are you know, objective listeners, you know, they, they won't judge you. Um, so on the other side of that, you know, can anybody go to therapy? I think there's part of the stigma is that people think that you have to be battling a specific um, illness or you had to experience a certain um, trauma or something like that in order to actually go to therapy. But that's definitely not the case. Definitely not. I think that I agree with you that that often contributes to the stigma, but people come in to therapy for an infinite number of reasons. Sometimes those reasons are really, really, really serious. 
And um, other times we might not think them to be really serious, but people also go to just kind of like enhance their lives, um, uh, you know, to um, advance their mm -hmm. careers. Uh, I mean, you know, the range of people that I see, for example, um, wow. I mean, it, 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 it's across the board. Some people come in and just say, hey, Joel, like, uh, you know, I work in the city. I work 80 hours a week. I'm really stressed out. I need to just kind of like unload and, and talk yeah. about the stress. And I'm like, great. Other people need, you know, more attention to things like anxiety and depression and or addictions or, or something like that. So it, it really varies. Some athletes come in and say like, you know, hey, Joel, I get a little nervous before a game. Can we can we work on that? So that becomes something really specific. So there's a great range of things and people absolutely do not. I, what is crazy these days anyway? I don't even know the answer to that. Um, and uh, everybody has a unique experience and um, it, it can certainly help people get to know themselves really, really well and become the best ver version of themselves. Yeah, definitely. I think that's good to know that therapy can be for everybody um, with different needs, different experiences, different emotions. And like you said in the beginning of this, that um, it's not a weakness. Um, it's an act of self-care and really um, getting in tune with yourself and just trying to better yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that people or listeners, if they have questions about it, um, that they'll contact us and, and, you know, happy to answer them in, in more detail. Um, but it, again, it's a, it's such a great gesture of self-care. Um, and when we combine and when we prioritize physical and mental health, they're not one and two. They are, they complement mm -hmm. each other. When we prioritize that in our lives, we just, you know, um, create such potential for ourselves to live very fulfilling lives. Yeah. You know, so um, me, I know we talked about next week, uh, continuing this conversation and really getting into the specifics of uh, college mental health and what that looks like, because it is a little bit different and it has evolved and we think the listeners would really benefit yeah, from that. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited for the next episode. I think that really um, tuning into um, what this is like on a college campus would be very beneficial for not only myself, but I think a lot of the listeners as well, for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. So uh, we uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. And Look forward to uh, connecting with you next episode. Uh, feel free to shoot us an email and uh, we're happy to include your topics and questions and uh, we will connect soon. Thanks. Good, yeah. So you good? Okay, what'd I you think? I think it was good. I think that we, um, we talked about a lot of important things. So I'm really happy we did this. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to listen to it, Mia, because I felt like I was a little bit scattered and a little bit all over the place um, this morning. But, um, you know, I, it, we, we yeah, covered we a lot. I, I felt a little bit scattered, too, but I think that um, 
we did cover a lot and we covered a lot of important things and yeah i yeah i agree and it's a look it's a big Mm -hmm. topic and as you could see like we could have gone we could have taken one of the things and just ran with it for a half hour easily you know so Mm -hmm. that's all right you know that's what we're here to do but i do think that like we got some really good information that we can uh, we can uh, get out there and and next week you know to continue oh, with it sure, I think yeah. it'll be really cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Everything else okay? Great. Okay. Give some thought to um, I know we've been just podcasting right, um, but give some thought you know over the weekend or whatever. Is there, if there's other things that you want to do, like if you want to write a blog post or whatever, like okay, whatever yeah. you want. Um, I know you're busy with school and whatever, and I don't want to overload you with assignments. I just want you to do what okay. you enjoy yeah, doing. Yeah, for sure. No, I'd totally be um, interested in writing a blog post for sure. Okay. And look, you can even go back and listen to any of the podcasts and you could take a piece from there. You could, you could actually kind of rewrite the podcast as a blog post. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Want. Yeah. That sounds great. Okay. All right. You have an awesome weekend. Stay in touch. Yes, stay healthy. Thank you. You too. Yes. Playing golf. Oh, on really? Saturday. That's so cool. Wait. Fun. Yeah. That's so fun. <laughs> you All too. Right, have Bye. a great weekend. Okay.